I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, everyone. Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Welcome, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. You have stumbled into a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that dives into the discography and the catalog of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kameyer, with me as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how are you holding up? I'm doing okay, but uh, this feels a little weird. I haven't actually done any other podcasts since last week. Usually, John and I don't believe it. It's true. John, Mariano, and I, and I usually record a, a ton, but he's been a pretty busy guy. He's back out on the dating scene, and uh, you know the, the ladies love them some Mariano, right? So uh, he's been busy. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm kind of rusty. This has been an entire week without a show, so I don't know if I'm going to remember how to do this. I I am have no doubt in my mind you'll find uh, your footing again because doing a podcast is like riding a bicycle. If you've never done it before, then uh, you know it takes you a moment to learn. And if you've done it before, then hey, maybe you stumble a couple of times, but you get back on that seat and you ride. Uh, at least that's what they tell me. I don't know. This is coming from someone who hasn't ridden a bike in many, many years. So I might be uh, very much embarrassing myself by saying what I'm saying, because I don't know what I look like on a bike these days. And I honestly don't want to see that. I don't think anybody wants to see that unless you just love seeing accidents happen. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to uh, witness accidents. We're here to talk about rock and roll specifically Van Halen rock and roll. But before we do that, you guys, we have another guest. We are not alone, Corey, are we? No, we're not. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Um, I'll let you do the intro, but he, he is one of the uh, deep dive legends and one of the main reasons we wanted to join this network because he does one of the better shows on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. We are screaming for vengeance, and we've got a touch of evil within our souls because joining us from the Metal Gods podcast, the Judas Priest show right here on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network, we have George the Metal God Solano. How you doing, George? I am feeling fantastic, and what a pleasure it is to be here chilling with you guys on a nice Thursday night talking about some lovely rock and roll. I hope you're a fan of women and children first, because this damn wheel is broken. <laughs> the last three tracks have all come from side. Not that I'm complaining, because I've loved all three, but all three tracks have come from side two of women and children first. So I, 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 I hope you're ready uh, for that. And listen, that is cool with me, even though the odds would be 
really highly astronomical to spin four women and children first songs in a row. I'd be cool with it because that's probably my favorite Van Halen album. And since we're already on the subject, I'll tell you that the song I want the wheel to manifest is Loss of Control. I was going to say, Loss of Control is the other one on that side, right? So it's got to be that one, right? So that would be a, a great choice tonight. And maybe before we get uh, rolling here, George, um, how did you kind of get into Van Halen? Yeah, you know what? I've told this story before on my own podcast, and I got into metal and rock just by inheriting some CDs from my family. Just my dad walked into my room one day when I was 13 or 14 with a big box and he plopped it down and said, Hey, look what I found. These all were mine. And now I'm giving them to you. And ah. he had quite the collection. You know, we're talking classics from Zeppelin, ACDC. Uh, and of course, Van Halen one and two were part of that big box full of gems. And it was a real cool time for me because I wasn't super into the music that was popular growing up. Nowadays, I listen to everything, but I sort of had to come back to that, to those sort of pop and hip hop that was popular for my generation. But when I was younger, I was looking for something else. I was looking for rock. I was looking for metal. And I was just searching through that box, look, trying to find the voices that appealed to me. And I found a lot. I found a lot of artists that spoke to me. And Van Halen 1 and 2, they were part of that. I wouldn't say I ever became a huge Van Halen fan, but that part of the story comes in much later, very recently, in fact, just by getting to know you guys and listening to your show. Oh. And once you, yeah. And once you joined the Deep Dive Network and I started listening and checking out more of the Van Halen music, and I said, you know what? This is perfect. This is, this is one of these bands that I've always said I'm going to check out more. And you sort of gave me that onus to take me from a casual fan to someone who knows the music and the albums pretty well at this point. So, hey, I got to give you guys credit there. Well, thank you very much. Well, That's awesome to hear. And actually... I'll say the same thing to you that I said to uh, Scott from the Magicians podcast with Uriah Heep. I, I was a casual fan, a, a pretty decent fan of, of Judas Priest, but after joining the network and listening to your show, I'm becoming a much more in-depth uh, fan of, of Judas Priest. I know Mark was a lifelong Judas Priest fan, so uh, we, we talked about uh, actually doing a show and um, uh, just on an album, and one of the albums he threw out was a Judas Priest album. Uh, do you remember what that was offhand there, Mark? I do. Right? It was painkiller. Yeah. It was absolutely painkiller. That's the, uh, and I should, I should amend, uh, th thank you, Corey, for saying so, but I should amend it. Lifelong Judas Priest fan, not quite, but close for, for many, many years, but nothing solidified my fandom with that band until I gave painkiller. It's uh, the entire run through. And that's the one I always, I tend to just go back to all the time. If I'm listening to Priest tunes, um, and that kind of uh, that sort of uh, kind of goes into what I was going to ask George. George, do you have a favorite Priest album? Can you name uh, your favorite Priest album and tell me why it's Painkiller? <laughs> yeah, and that's a loaded question because it's so <laughs> mood dependent. And yeah, I'm not going to assume that everyone is familiar with Judas Priest who's listening because let's face it. Van Halen is a much more popular band. They have a lot higher monthly listeners on Spotify. 
So mm -hmm. for those who don't know, Judas Priest is one of the earliest heavy metal bands. They formed around the same time as Black Sabbath, and they've never really had a hiatus. They've been making music for over 50 years now, and they've gone through a lot of evolutions done. They started in sort of a progressive rock territory and then moved forward into something more streamlined and then laid the roots for what we know today as heavy metal. And then they explored various subgenres within that, like the glamier, poppier side and the heavier, thrashier side. And they've covered a lot of ground. And to me, that's part of what makes Judas Priest such an interesting band and why I wanted to do a show dedicated to them because it gets pretty interesting to compare and contrast all those different things that they tried. Uh, that said, Painkiller is pretty close to the top, Mark. Yeah, so there's your, uh, there's there you your go. roundabout answer <laughs> while also sort of giving the listeners a little bit of a lowdown on Judas Priest at the same time. Well said. Couldn't have said it better myself, uh, but that's that's awesome. Definitely tune into that show, you guys. It's, it is, uh, I don't think we would be here if not for the metal gods podcast and you know of course pot of thunder uh respectfully that's uh sort of is is why we do what we do but also because we love van halen and uh believe it or not not a lot of van halen podcast talk out there and that's a shame so Corey and i have made it our mission to change that at least that's that's the way i'm seeing it we're we're, we're on a mission from the the metal gods themselves and the rock gods and uh you know all the musical gods so there's probably a lot of them it's a lot of genres to cover. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of that, Mark, uh, we have a poll, a Twitter poll that we have to cover from this week. Uh, there's a lot of Van Halen news that maybe we can get into maybe in August. A lot of back and forth between like David Lee Roth and Wolfgang Van Halen. I would recommend everybody go out there, read the Van Halen news desk. There's so much news out there. Uh, they'll be able to catch you up. I know Wolfie had some statements this week. David Lee Roth had an answer to a statement from the Eddie Van Halen article from a little while ago. Um, I, I just kind of want to get into the music tonight. So maybe let's talk about the Twitter poll from last week and last week's song, which was, could this be magic? Indeed, indeed. So looking at the, at the Twitter poll, uh, it looks like it was, um, pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. Not, not a, a ton of, uh, of what do you, you know, cult of Mariano influence going on, but, uh, from the looks of it, the poll was voted. 81% what dreams are made of for could this be magic and only 19% the dream is over. And frankly, that sounds about right. I, I still am a little shocked that 19% of the people voted down uh, this song because it's fun. And our, our first comment uh, from Jonathan, I think sums it up quite nice. He says, it's one of those summertime sitting around the pool or fire pit songs. It's not a standout on the record, like take your whiskey home. Where everybody wants some, but it's fun, which is the Van Halen ammo which is 100% right. I agree 100% mm -hmm. with that. Uh, yep. keep I can get behind that. I wouldn't yeah. call it a top-tier track, but it's definitely mm -hmm. a good one. And I don't know, I don't recall if this was mentioned on the last episode, but it's sort of a title track, isn't it? Because yep. they actually say the words women and children first in the lyrics. They do. Yep, yep. We, we did. I, I actually had to pause it there and point out, it's always great whenever the band throws in the, <laughs> the, the title track and the lyrics of the song, so. Uh, next up, we have uh, Jonathan who says, I wonder if David Lee Roth wrote most of the music and lyrics to the song and Ed just wailed on it. Not possibly. I know uh, Eddie, uh, David played uh, uh, acoustic uh, rhythm guitar on this and uh, it's it, it kind of sounds like it, right? Like Eddie just picked up a guitar be, and started playing. Be, yeah. Yeah. 
thought that was kind of neat. Uh, Bobby says, love the recording of Could This Be Magic? Van Halen were the masters of capturing themselves live. The rain falling in the background along with Nicolette Larson's vocals. Brilliant. And, and that's one thing when you really listen to it with headphones on, you really get that rain falling uh, in the mm-hmm. background because uh, they, they had the doors open and it was raining outside when they were recording. Uh, but it really kind of gives you a nice ambiance uh, on the recording of that track. Uh, our good buddy Michael says, great track. Shows the other side of Van Halen. I have to agree with John Mariani, which he doesn't like to do. I call him John Mariani because that's how it says on Twitter. Mariani. John Mariano. <laughs> I have to do that all the time. Uh, but he has to agree with his takes, which he doesn't like to do. And he says, damn. But in the end, he loses the book game, so it made up for that. It's what dreams are made of, magic. So thank you very much, Michael. Uh, agreeing again with John, which we never thought would happen. They, they were, no, they were adversaries for a long time, but uh, they've been agreeing a lot more lately here. Uh, Airhead 3 says, great track. Eddie's amazing. Love the harmonies on the chorus. Absolutely. The fact that the Lonely Ships refrain is in unison gives it a sea shanty feel. I remember the remastered CD release was a revelation. So crisp, I could hear the water in the background for the first time. There you go. Uh, don't uh, look, I'm not going to knock the vinyl lovers out there. You think vinyl is the only way to listen to music. I would strongly disagree with that statement. Sometimes hearing it in a digital format, you can hear everything, especially put on some headphones. Sometimes with vinyl, things get a little bit muffled unless you have one of those like super powered amp and, you know, speakers and stereo system. And that's fine. But don't knock the CD, man. Come on. There's room for both. I'm a vinyl guy, but I'm yeah. not knocking CDs at all or digital music. I really listening to music. That's great. Listen to it and enjoy it. Um, next up, we have uh, from You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. I love those guys. Uh, they said the back half or side B, if you're old like me, of Women and Children First is filled with hidden gems like this. Often overlooked, but always great to hear when they come on. That's from Brian from that podcast. So thank you very much for your comments, Brian. Uh, here's some guys uh, George might remember from the Deep Purple podcast. Uh, they do a pretty good show. Geez, Mark, we got to try and get them on the show. What do you say? Are you down? We do, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll reach out to them. Hopefully they'll agree. Uh, they said, love this track. It's a cool little diversions like this that spice up any great album and just make it better. And that 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 sums it up, I think, pretty succinctly. Kevin Brown, who uh, hosts the Tom Petty Project and is going to be a guest on our show coming up in August. We'll have more news about upcoming guests and uh, the month of August coming up after the song tonight. So stay tuned for that. But he says, uh, genuinely, my favorite track from the album. So unique. That matched melody line between the guitar and vocal and the chorus makes the song no for me. Uh, Sorry, makes the song no for me, Lonely Ships Upon the Water. Love Mark, shout out to the first of slide guitar to Bonnie is a badass. There you go. He gave it a what dreams of me. And then finally, uh, Gene says, it really is just a fun tune, plain and simple. When this comes up on shuffle, it doesn't get skipped. To which uh, some dude named Eric said, Barry Manilow is a legend. And Gene said, yes, he is, but that's a different show. So somebody else there wants to do a Barry Manilow show and add it to the Deep Dive Podcasting uh, Network uh, of shows, uh, I'm sure that would be considered. I'm sure some people would listen. Actually, a lot of people might listen to that. Um, I, I don't know how it would go over with uh, our fellow uh, network podcasters, but <laughs> hey, you know, you guys do you. Not going to knock on the Manilow. You get your Manilow on. Yeah, Monday's right. Manilow. Yeah, make it a Monday show. It's all good. And just one uh, final uh, tweet here before we get going. Uh, False Premise oh, yeah. says, uh, you mentioned Nicolette Larson's background vocals on the track. Like Van Halen, she was also produced by Ted Templeman. Uh, check out this track of hers, which featured Eddie Van Halen on guitar, solo at a minute 45. So that link, that YouTube link, is actually on that thread. So you can go on our Twitter, you can check that out. Uh, it's Nicolette Larson's Can't Get Away From You, uh, produced by Ted Templeman. Eddie Van Halen played on it. Uh, it's a great little song. I would highly recommend everybody check that out. And that is the Twitter poll from this past week. 
So, Mark, we've already heard what uh, George is kind of looking forward to. He wants to go back to the women and children well. Uh, how about you? What are you in the mood for tonight? Uh, it, it's been a, 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 a trialsome sort of week, and so I, I would be very, very happy. Very, um, I, I very much need to hear the song that I want. My, I need to hear my favorite Van Halen song, which I have yet to reveal on the air. Uh, I, I think I think it's still a secret. Uh, so if we land on it, you'll know, and my mood will enhance greatly. But I need to hear it. I'm gonna try so hard to manifest the song that I want to hear. And if I spin it, or if the wheel spins it, rather, uh, you'll know. All will be revealed. There you have it. Uh, I'm gonna throw out another uh, uh, vote there for Eric Senich's uh, song that he wanted uh, last time we heard from him. Uh, Humans being, uh, I think, would be a great one to spin tonight. But uh, I had a dream last night, Mark, and I very rarely dream about podcasting, thankfully, but I had a dream mm -hmm. about this show and the song we spun for this show was Jump. Like, I would be okay with Jump tonight. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'm in the mood to have some fun. We got George here. Uh, Mark's sure. in a good mood. What do you say we have a ball and listen to some Jump? That's, we could do that. We could do that. Uh, but before we do, uh, George, do you have a song you want to manifest or do you just want to uh, see if maybe the wheel's going to give us another women and children first? I'd love another women and children first, but you know what? I'm going to be happy with any song that's on the faster and heavier side. I think that's where Van Halen really shines. Give me something like loss of control, light up the sky. Heck, it can even be from the Sammy era. Give me get up or source of infection. There you go. You heard it here. He wants some unchained. So maybe the wheel will be kind. Maybe. What do you say? Should we give this sucker a spin and see what comes up? We are primed, we are ready, and all we need is for Sammy to give us the go-ahead. So whenever Sammy's ready, let's spin it. Here we go. Here we go! Alright, and we are coming down to oh please, 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 please. No, it was, oh no! <laughs> you said it would be a Van Halen three. Of course, course. Mark, it is. Of course, or the bullet. We were so close to run around, and I, oh, I got, run around I is legitimately one of my favorite Van Halen songs of all time. I was so happy yeah. for like a second. Oh, but we're getting Van Halen three. I, I, <laughs> okay. I cursed us. I jinxed. I jinxed us. This is my fault. Oh my god! Now I know I, how Greg felt. Although uh, <laughs> I'm sure this is going to be a lot better than how many say I. It, it, well, be uh, I don't know. Somewhere out there in the webosphere, where in parts unknown, there's a Michael Green laughing hysterically <laughs> uh, and and victoriously. But uh, we're coming for you, Michael. Jesus. All right. Okay. Uh, Mark, do you have any uh, recollections uh, from this one? Uh, it, it's you know kind of right near the end of the album, um, yeah. right before How Many Say I Ballad or the Bullet. Um, gun to my head. I don't even think I, I could whistle this tune for you right now. I, I haven't heard it in so, so long. Do you have any recollection of this one? Big shocker. No, because this, this album completely went under the radar entirely for me. So every time, every time we have spun a Van Halen three track, it's been a, a fresh experience for me. And it has not been a great fresh experience as, as you know. Um, but no, no, this one, no no recollection no nothing how about you george uh have you spun a lot of van halen 3 as you've kind of rediscovered the band here van halen 3 is the album i've listened to the least and i don't think that's going to shock anyone this <laughs> is uh van halen 3 
to me, it's always sort of seemed like Van Halen from wish.com. <laughs> wow. That's fair. Damn. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's I, hard to argue. Hard to argue that. And uh, before we even get into the song, going to say my apologies at the top of the show. <laughs> apologies to Gary Sharon for what is probably about to be said. Hey, I really like the, the last song from Van Halen 3 we did without you. I thought that was pretty killer. And I really like Fire in the Hole, too. So I'm holding out hope. Um, this is Are we uh, going to find a hidden gem, Corey? That's right. That's right. Be optimistic, guys. This could I'm, be a really good one. Uh, uh, I remember this one. Uh, the title was actually taken from a Malcolm X speech um, where he said uh, during the civil rights movement in 1964, we're going to be forced to either use the ballot or the bullet. Uh, so that's kind of uh, Van Halen has never been known to be really a political band. Um, but you know, they, they kind of go in that direction on this track by the sounds of it, um, mm. that, and I know, uh, Van Halen fans, I think, although they didn't really connect uh, lyrically with the song uh, and we'll get into the lyrics as we get going here, uh, the guitar work on this one, uh, pretty great from what I hear. Well, based on the content of, uh, of the lyrics and what it's about, I like the, uh, the origin of this, this track, uh, at least in terms of the title. So maybe that'll have a, a positive influence on how we how we listen to this track. I let's hope, let's hope because I I, I don't want to go down in in our podcasting history as doing nothing but just shitting all over this album just because it's like we're not trying to. It's just the, the tracks either work or they don't, and unfortunately, based on our listening from the show, it's all recorded. You guys, uh, the odds of this album being a winner is, is stacked against it just based on uh, how we've already talked about the tracks we've spun. So I'm maybe, maybe we'll find a diamond in the rough. Here we go. This is a uh, ballot or the bullet from Van Halen three. All right, George, you wanted something kind of a little faster. Uh, what'd you think of that uh, that intro? Well, it's definitely moving at the right tempo, and they're not taking too long to get to it. You know, I was a little concerned at first that they were going to drag out that intro riff, but no, they managed to get into the swing and get the drum beat in quick enough. But that guitar sound, that production sounds pretty muddy to me. Like, I don't think it really has the power that, a Eddie's guitar hat on a Ted Templeman album. No, I, I think that's that, that yeah. great comment. There, there was very little power uh, in that guitar sound. Like uh, I, I agree 100%, Mark. That's, that's exactly what my comment was going to be right out the gate, uh, right out the gate was just, uh, I'm not digging this, uh, this tone in the recording, uh, especially on whatever's happening with Eddie. Uh, it doesn't help that. I think the, uh, the effect pedal he's going through is like a phaser and that can sometimes work against how you're recording you know in terms of quality so yeah not a great start i like the riff though the if you can make out what the riffs uh what the riff is that sounds pretty cool so uh, yeah i like that it's a faster uh fast-paced tempo on this one so maybe it'll stay consistent like that 
And fans hate it when we do this, but we're required by law to point out that uh, Mike Anthony did not play bass on this song. Uh, it was in. Uh, <laughs> of course. Now, Mark, we, we talk a lot about David Lee Roth lyrics and Sammy Hagar lyrics. I wanted to get your take on Gary Sharon lyrics, especially in the Van Halen era, especially this uh, this opening verse. I like the opening verse. This he has something he's trying to say. He's pointing something out very uh, uh, fervently, and I dig it. Um, I don't dig how explosive uh, the bass is <laughs> because it's like we substituted guitar tone for just this monstrous bass sound that's. Uh, just sort of it's not even he's not even playing along with the guitar he's he's literally just sort of just explosive note and just kind of letting it ring out and it's just uh it's stagnant and just, uh it's overwhelming um but lyrically as you said the lyric yeah I, I like this opening verse yeah i would have to say that it sounds like it sounds like the wording they're using is pretty cool although the message isn't really coming together yet like they're obviously trying to urge you towards political activism, but as to how to do it or what cause uh, for or for what reason, well, we're not there yet. So we'll see if this starts to get a little more coherent as the song goes on. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to point out. We, when we did Dirty Water Dog, remember that one, Mark? It was way early on in the run. Uh, lyrically, it, it took a hard left turn. It looked like it was going politically one way, and then it took a hard left turn into no no man's land. And he's not it's very generally political, like uh, Bono, he's not at, at this point, but I, I'm with them. I'm hoping I'm like George. I'm hoping that the, the picture gets a little clearer uh, as we move along here. So uh, about equality, by yes. necessary is um, kind of a, a dangerous sentiment, maybe uh, for my American friends on the panel. Well, he said by any means, no, 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 necessary. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm. Is Gary trying to go for a living color thing, or uh, is it, I'm not sure. Now I'm not so sure. I, I gave him the first verse. I was like, yeah, that's not bad lyrically. I like that. And then like now I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure where he's going with this. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's trying to say. Um, also. I'm not digging his vocal uh, line. It's shocker. I know. I'm not. I'm not digging his uh, his vocal lines that he's uh, choosing to uh, to use on these uh, on these phrases. I, I don't. I don't dig his phrasing whatsoever uh, vocally. Um, and once again, unfortunately, I am 
overwhelmed with the sense that he's trying really hard to sound like Sammy Hagar because that's that's just what it kind of sounds like to me. We know he doesn't sound like Sammy. If you've ever heard Extreme, he doesn't sound like Sammy at all. So I don't know, what is he doing on this album? So George, aside from Land About Equality, we have, and when history repeats her hour, the pendulum will swing, swing into power. Though not in vain like our forefathers, freedom never had no room for cowards. Does that lend any clarity to what the message of the song is? So now that we know that equality is like, a word that's big and bold and just based on the name of the song as well they got to be talking about the historical sort of civil rights movements of america in the 1960s when african americans were trying to end segregation and get equal rights to vote and all the other things that they were denied uh i would say that yeah it would be pretty clear to me that this represents that movement primarily based on the title but i think also the lyrics are kind of written in a way that makes them sound pretty general so that you can relate them to whatever other cause that you want to try and relate them to if you really want to shoehorn something in it'll probably fit with these lyrics yeah when i said bono he's not it's kind of like you look at a u2 song where the lyrics are like early morning april 4 a shot rings out in the Memphis sky. Very, very specific, right? Very to the point. Whereas these, like you said, very generic. You can kind of fit it to almost any cause uh, that, that you want. I'm shocked no political figure used this song as a means of uh, for their like their campaign. This sounds like a campaign theme song. Uh, the ballot or the bullet, the choice is up to you. And it's like, okay, so you want people to vote? Is that is that what we're doing here? It's just like this came out in what ninety eight. So did, uh, did did W Bush use this? This sounds like something he'd do. Well, and the sword of the pen can be held by the same hand. That sounds like a campaign slogan, doesn't it? It, yeah, it very much. So. Like this sounds like a campaign song, <laughs> and I don't know. It's it's kind of it goes back to what uh, it what you said earlier, uh, or what uh, George, one of you guys said this earlier, is like they're not Van Halen's never been really known for being a like political band. They don't really swing that way, even if some of their songs have to do with certain worldly issues let's say let's be generous and say maybe maybe they got a few of those but they've never been overtly political this right here uh gary's absolutely trying to go for something here i just don't know if if this was the right way to go i'm not sure i'm just i'm just not sure about this i i feel like his heart was in the right place but i i don't know i just i just don't know Mark, was it really na 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 necessary for you to go and attack Gary Sharon like that? <laughs> it it feels like that's all I do when we when we spin this album, and I'm not. Look, we have to wax poetic how much we love Extreme, and I think Gary Sharon is stupid talented, but he's just he's just not the dude on this album. He's he's just it's not. This was not his album, and like it's I not said, his fault. Man, when you, you know? <laughs> order Sam, when you order Sammy Hagar on Wish.com. 
Gary Sharoni gets delivered to your house. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yes. I, I, could, I, could assume Gary <laughs> See, I never said that. <laughs> well, listen, you did say that he was trying to do his best impression of Sammy Hagar. And that's exactly how I feel about him. It's like he's forcing himself into a style that mm. isn't really where he excels. And the song Play With Me by Extreme is so freaking good. And he's hitting these high notes that are amazing. And he's doing yeah. nothing. And he's doing nothing like that in Van Halen 3. We, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I, we've talked about before on the show that Gary didn't really get some time to, I guess, kind of be with the band. He didn't get time to tour with them before uh, recording this album. And I think that was a mistake. Uh, I think he definitely should have gotten more time with the group, with the boys uh, to kind of, I don't know, feel the vibe, you know, see if, all while on the road like am i a fit for this band or is this just something i'm doing because i feel like i should do it i don't know um but i think that really hurt in terms of them going into the studio probably what blindly like it's like oh we know what gary can do sure come in the studio and we'll figure it all out like that's that's kind of what it sounds like and it's and it ultimately every time we listen to a track Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. With the exception of that one, uh, for me anyway, uh, it just it felt like Gary is just so out of place in this band. And then also, some sometimes the music doesn't play well either, but I just... I I think it hurts. It hurt. And this song definitely is sort of uh playing into that. What do you think, Corey? Well, I was wondering what you guys thought about the uh the kind of acoustic uh interlude coming that we're coming up in here, which uh just doing some reading on the Van Halen encyclopedia, I was played on a Dobro, uh, which I don't know anything about. I'm not a guitar guy, Mark, but th those are those uh really uh cool looking kind of resonator guitars, right? With the cone on the front, you really get that kind of cool uh sound out of. I believe so. So, uh, yeah, th th this is Eddie on a dobro uh, playing that little part there. And I love that bit. Uh, when he got in there, he played a little slide dobro leading into the, the next verse. I thought that was fantastic. Can you go back and play it one more time? Oh, I let's see what I can do. And then back into the electric. But I just kind of like That's that. A cool transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a very good transition. Yeah. If they had just like, if they had just thrown more cool little bits like that on the album and maybe turned them up in the mix so that you weren't <laughs> as likely to miss them, I think that 
that would have been to the benefit of this song and other songs on this album, probably. 100%. We've talked about the production of this album before. Uh, Eddie Van Halen produced with Mike Post, uh, who wrote a lot of very famous t- uh, TV theme songs, but didn't produce a lot of records. And uh, uh, we're kind of seeing why. Yeah. What's it gonna take? It finally happened. It finally happened. There is such a thing as an overblown Eddie Van Halen solo. That there, there was way too much happening right there. It, it was it. While uh, he played it very well, and um, I'm sure he was doing a, a ton of stuff that uh, you, we can't even see. He's obviously going from one effect to the next, so you know he's all over his pedal board. That's cool. While at the same time doing everything up and down that doesn't diminish the man's talent whatsoever i'm never i would never say that what i am saying is there is such a thing as not often but there's such a thing as too much and i think eddie is doing way too much on the solo it's all it almost feels like he's overcompensating for a song that isn't really working um whether for those listening or for the band themselves i don't know but uh, he just feels, I, you know what? I can turn this around. I got you. I'm just going to give you the most rip-roaring, sort of uh, over-effective just solo that I could possibly muster. I'm going all over the place. I'm using all the stops, and it's going to be great. And to me, this is not great at all. <laughs> uh, George, uh, I'll get your thoughts on the guitar work there. But also, were you kind of surprised that the drums were so prevalent in the mix there? Like, usually, uh, the, the drums are just kind of a, a nice... Uh, underneath uh, track for Eddie to lay his stuff on drums were really up front uh, on the guitar solo there and all actually overshadowed them in a couple of spots. I thought. I was pretty cool with that because I think that turning those drums up in the mix, it can give the sound a lot more power. Although 
during a guitar solo may not have been the exact best time for them to do that. I mean, look, this album is produced by Mike Post and Eddie Van Halen. And if the if Eddie Van Halen is the one producing it, then what he says goes and there's no one to talk him out of a bad decision if he's really set on it. Uh, and hey, that's probably why he played that slide guitar solo for exactly as long as he wanted to. And he probably didn't know when to cut himself off, to Mark's point. And I actually thought that was really cool, though. I, I did enjoy that. And Eddie, he doesn't tend to use a ton of slide guitar. So when he does, it's a treat. Absolutely. And I love slide guitar. And I love Eddie's slide guitar. We mentioned it on the on the last show, actually. It's the first time he played slide guitar. Uh, it's not like he's been playing it all of his, all of his life. Uh, where I, I get Mark's point about it being like maybe a little too much. Absolutely. Uh, I did appreciate the drums as well because we mentioned earlier, George, there's not a lot of punch uh, to the guitar sound on this. You want the Eddie Van Halen guitar sound to have some kick to it. It's all just kind of thin and weak. And, and the drums kind of lend it a little more uh, gravity, which I kind of appreciated. Um, so I'm not as negative as Mark, though, is on the solo. Yeah, it's it's too long. This is this song is well over five minutes. It didn't have to be. But um, I, I'm a killer for any uh, slide guitar. So I, I find myself kind of uh, digging the uh, the guitar track there. Still going, Mark. Oh, you hear the the string break? There you go. That, that's kind of an appropriate way to end that one, Mark. What do you think? You remember how uh, people like to give a lot of shit about the uh, the movie The Return of the King because it has like twenty five different endings. Right. This song is the equivalent of that in the sense that uh, while Return of the King is a superb film that did have a lot of endings, and that's that's fine. This had so many endings, and it was like, Eddie, just stop. I, more to George's point, nobody was there to cut him off because you're not going to say, hey, Eddie, stop playing. Like, Who's, who's going to tell him that? Uh, uh, the other guy producing? No, no one's going to tell him to stop. So Eddie literally does not stop 
playing this outro until he breaks a damn string, which they left in in the record. But they probably thought that sounded <laughs> they probably thought, hey, that sounds cool. Uh, uh, very, very rock and roll. Very cool. And then, but the rest of us are going like, Jesus Christ, thank God it's over because <laughs> that was going on way too long. That does not diminish Eddie's playing ability. Again, I feel like I have to get that point across. I'm just saying that that ending. Why? Why? Why was that necessary? No, no, not necessary. Why? There were so many chances, so many opportunities to end that song, and they didn't. And I'm I'm sitting here, and for the last minute or so, I was clutching my head like, is it over? Is it over? It's still going. It's still like going. when you're at a wedding and your super duper drunk friend or uncle is making a toast and they're telling <laughs> some story that you really don't want them telling and you're just and you're just waiting for them and you're just Oops. someone has to go grab the microphone and take it away from them because they're just not stopping this terrible drunk toast and that's like the ending of this song. And I, I was so upset, I dropped my phone on the keyboard. I already had the the, the, the clip queued up because I was just assuming when, when Mark was going to... Boiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. George from Metal Gods Podcast said that this song is the drunk uncle's wedding toast of, of Van Halen. It never ends. It, it never ends. Great way to put it. Great way to put it. I just thought the, the string breaking was kind of great metaphorically for well how that song ends and how this album ends because that segues right into yeah. how many say i which uh is maybe our most hated song uh, that we've listened to oh. thus far mark Pro uh yeah it's <laughs> like i was trying to go like no surely there was a no, no that was the one um that one's probably the one i would imagine our audience has the most fun listening to just because like god this is awful uh, uh, greg is like returning my calls so uh, he's not real happy with us because that's what he spun <laughs> I feel ahead, like it's too easy to make fun of how many say I. It's like, is it really that bad? But yeah, it kind of yes. is. Oh, it is. It's pretty damn bad. And then here we get another guest from the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Uh, he gets to spin the wheel. And I know you're looking forward to spinning the wheel and see what your luck would be tonight. And uh, I don't think you were that lucky tonight, George. I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, this was a real fun time. You know, good song or bad song. I'm just happy that I could be here to chill with you guys, talk about a great band. And sometimes the most fun episodes are the ones when you get to just rip into some trash and really tell it how you feel. All right. Well, with that, with that said, I mean, uh, we, I think we buried the lead there a little bit, but hey, whatever. Uh, George, does uh, Ballot or the Bullet get you uh to wake up from the dream because it's over or do you find yourself wishing you were back in it because this is what dreams are made of mark there's no need to bury the lead if the <laughs> listeners have gotten this far in the episode they probably have a pretty good idea of how i feel just based on this commentary uh, sorry guys, this isn't my Van Halen album. This isn't my Van Halen song. And I had some issues with the production. Uh, it's not all bad. The slide guitar solo was solid. And, 
Yeah, I guess that's where most of my phrase ends. But you know what? Um, I, I, I I'm sorry for all you Van Halen three fans. I I just I can't deal with this one. Uh, but how did you guys feel? Uh, yeah, Corey, uh, we'll we'll throw it right to you. Uh, do you agree with George? Is the dream over for you, or are you going to be the surprise? Uh, and you felt that this is what dreams were made of. You know what? I was right on the line for a long time in this song. I was definitely more positive on it than you guys were. But ultimately, I kind of fell on the side of... I love the dobro. I love the drums. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the lyrics or the vocals or the production or the mixing or anything. So um, I'm definitely more positive than you on it, uh, George. But I still had to kind of give it a... It's very slim. Uh, Dream is over. Um, maybe had we not have the six endings at the end of the song with the dobro and the guitar string break and all that kind of stuff, or maybe, you know, the trim 40 seconds out of the actual guitar solo, put in more slide electric guitar, I think would have been cool. Would have definitely put me into the, uh, into the positive category here, but I can't uh, vote it up uh, this week. Mark, I feel like it's academic, but uh, oh yeah, here we go. There's a lot to take away from this song, at least for me. Uh, I personally think the lyrics are okay. I, I think they're great. What I don't think they're great as, uh, I don't think they're great as lyrics to a Van Halen track. Certainly not this one. Um, it just, everything Gary was doing vocally, uh, whether it was his phrasing, uh, whether it was just, I don't know, the, the notes he was choosing to hit and the, the notes he decided he didn't want to hit because there were a few times where he would go up for the note and then he'd fall right back off of it, knowing he wasn't going to hit it at the top. And that's a shame because Gary, you know, you can, uh, but it, whatever. Anyway, um, obviously there is no such thing as uh, Eddie playing badly, but there is such a thing as Eddie playing too much. And for me, there was too much uh, with the solo, like all the solos, the, the, the intros, the outro, the intro was fine. Um, he kept going back to it. That was your repeated phrase. That's fine. Um, it was the, the solo and of course the, uh, return of the King outro where it was just, uh, <laughs> we're going to the gray Havens. Uh, Oh, we're going back to the Shire. Oh no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We got one more stop in Rivendell. Wait a minute. Back to the Shire. Here we go. Uh, until finally we didn't pull the plug. He just broke a string and was like, well, that's the end of it. Stop. Uh, and that's, pretty, I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that like Eddie stops only, only when the string breaks and no, no, no one else can tell him when to stop other, other than that. Um, which but Mark, if that's the case. Yeah. Eddie was just trying to finish what he started. Uh, give a no golf clap for George. <laughs> oh, see, well, see, you got diamond Dave saying no see on that one. You know, I I'm, I'm powerless against it, but uh, I appreciate your joke. I see what you did there. <laughs> this, uh, unfortunately the cons far outweigh the pros on this one. And once again, we're going to have to add to the trash heap. That is this album because, uh, how many more songs from this album must we endure? All the rest of them. Actually, we're, we're doing every single one. We have 84. No, I mean, how many are left? <laughs> <laughs> oh geez yeah oh there's a few there's uh, definitely let's see right. we haven't done uh haven't done new world or what i want or from afar or once or fire in the hole or josephine or year to the day or primary yeah we got a few to go 
Oh my god, you just give me a headache. <laughs> Jesus. How, how many times do you think Van Halen played this uh, live on the Van Halen three tour? This is one of their more, uh, for, for all its faults, this is one of their more uh, kind of upbeat rocking songs, uh, so to speak, that so far that we've heard from this album. So I'm going to say they probably played it a lot more than they probably should have. So I don't know, 12 times. George, you got to go higher or lower than 12? I'm going to guess that they played it twice. Actually, you're both wrong. It's zero. They never played this long live. <laughs> well, that's very telling. Uh, I'm not going to fault them for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Corey, why did you have to go and mention all the other song titles? Because apparently there's an instrumental that precedes this. You know, before you have the ballot, you have the primary. Oh, yes. I almost oh, forgot no. about that. Now we got to listen to it. You guys ready for a little that's primary? Right. That's right. Bonus. We, we Here we I, go. I hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry tell us your hopes before i play it mark thank you George, I don't have any, me, by the way just just uh be a good instrumental song please we <laughs> know that this oh, one no. ends a lot quicker than the last one yes this one's <laughs> only a minute 27 so uh, all right here's primary the uh, preceding song of ballot or the bullet from van halen 3 it ain't that's primary mark he said uh i want my guitar to sound like a sitar well why don't you just play a sitar eddie nonsense i need to i need to play it uh like it sounds like it's electric i want an electric sitar okay what if we just find you a pedal that you can do that okay go find it they found it there it is um it was not pleasing to the ear whatsoever for me um eddie played it great uh, i could actually hear his the finger work happening so kudos uh but that was never in question um i just don't think the effect the the effect the pedal effect was the right one but that's just me yeah that song is no spanish fly and yeah i kind of like the effect but the melody it's all janky it doesn't sound like it was really well thought out it sounds like that was maybe the first or second take that he played and he was just kind of 
messing around rather than it being something he actually wrote ahead of time. That tracks. Janky is 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 a great word. That that's exactly what I was thinking. It sounded janky, and it doesn't even lend into the next song, into "Ballad or the Bullet." Um, no. You know, a, a good <laughs> instrumental should kind of prime you up and get you ready for the next track, right? And God, that was just weird. Uh, I got to go back to what Mark <laughs> said. It, it wasn't pleasing to the ear. I, I have to agree. I don't think it was. No. Oh, for two. You can't win them all. Yeah, can't win them all. That's uh, look, and that that just goes to show you that even a band that some might deem the perfect rock band, some, some would, not all of them are without their flaws because, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to catch a few stinkers in the midst, especially when you have such an extensive, extensive catalog like Van Halen does. They can't all be winners. We've, we've discussed this. It's not often that we unanimously decide that the dream is over for the track that we discuss. But when it does happen, we have to let you know, like, look, it's, it's this is just our thoughts. This is this is just our opinion. If you love the song, great. If you thought that uh, that instrumental primary was just the tits, then awesome. I'm sure someone out there will be happy to hear that. But for us, no, did not work either track. So unfortunately, we have to uh, once again put this on the the rubbish pile. And <laughs> you know, with the rest of the uh, Van Halen three tracks, with the exception of that one. Yeah, I still and, say without you as a banker. That's just me, though. There you go. It is. It is. I I, I recall that now. It's like I I'm I'm very happy that that one was good, but sadly, I think we've uh, reached the extent of goodness from Van Halen three with that one. I hope not. I hope there's one more gem that you guys find in there. Just one more would make all that pain and suffering a little more worth it. We, we got one coming up. I'm a fan of Fire in the Hole. That was the big single from Van Halen mm. 3 uh, from the Lethal Weapon 4 soundtrack. So when that one comes up, I think we're going to have a good time. But, uh, uh, the rest That's I, probably true. Yeah, the rest I, I'm just not that familiar with because much like George, this is my least listened to Van Halen record. It's uh, it's it's never going to reach the upper echelon of favorite albums, that's for sure. Um, and for me, um, it's doing this this show, listening to these songs is forever solidifying the fact that, you know what, I did good going all those years not listening to this album. Uh, and now here we are. And it's like, ugh, did I miss out? Nah, nah, I'm good. Um, but that does not diminish whatsoever the uh, the power and the majesty of Van Halen themselves because they're still one of the greatest rock bands in the world. Otherwise, we would not be doing this show if we thought if we didn't think so. So they can't all be winners. And unfortunately, the dream was over for all of us on this one. And uh, that, that is the episode. But we could not have done this without the, uh, the expertise and the wonderful commentary by our guest today, uh, Mr. George Solano from the Metal Gods podcast. George, cannot thank you enough for being on the show. We, uh, as Corey said, Big fans of your work. Uh, love Judas Priest. Love that you're uh, bringing the love to, of Judas Priest to the masses, as it were. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Tell the good people what you got going on and where they can find you on the social media. All right. Time to plug the pluggables. Well, my friends, you can find us on Twitter at Metal Gods Pod, and we're on Facebook. You can send us an email at metalgodspod at gmail.com. And we're on all the major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, 
You can even listen in your web browser. Anywhere that you can hear the podcast will rock. You can also hear the Metal Gods podcast. And whether you're a hardcore Judas Priest fan or pretty casual, you know, we're for everyone because we keep it pretty simple. We break down one song per episode, much like, and the podcast will rock. So if you haven't heard a song, then, you know, it's not too much of a challenge to check out a new song uh, every two weeks or because we're not a weekly show we are at this point bi-weekly for the most part and i would love to get mark and Corey on the show at a certain point as well we've had guests from actually all around the world europe asia australia so connecting with other metalheads worldwide is why i do it so it'll be a pleasure to sort of connect with you listeners as well uh, and again, Corey, Mark, thank you so much for having me on. I've listened to every episode. This is one of my favorite shows. Well, thank you very much for that. I, I personally would love to come on Metal Gods. I think that's a fantastic show. And I want to give a special shout out to your wife because you mentioned she listens to our show. And I, don't think, I can't even get my own wife to listen to my show. So thank you very much for listening. And if this is your last show because of, the, of this week's track or because of something <laughs> Billy George said, I get it. But thank you very much for listening. We're glad to have you along. Oh, hey, Rebecca's a bigger Van Halen fan than me. She actually did get to see the band on the reunion tour, which I, I'll always be uh, jealous about because now we're not having any more opportunities in the future. Does she want to come on a podcast? <laughs> I'll ask her. Perfect. That'd be great. <laughs> and, you know, and you mentioned uh, coming on the show. Uh, I want to uh, talk a little bit about what we got coming up in August. And I just kind of sprung this on Mark uh, before we started recording here tonight. Um, August is shaping up to be a really interesting month with guests. I know uh, we, we've had a ton of great guests, uh, but we have some big ones maybe coming up in August. So I've kind of dubbed it All-Star August coming up uh, on and the podcast will rock. Uh, first up is Kevin from the Tom Petty Project. I'm really looking forward to that. He's a great dude. And uh, we're going to talk a little Van Halen with him. After that, we got author Heath McCoy, um, who wrote one of the greatest wrestling books of all time uh, on Stampede Wrestling. Uh, he, he was on our Aerosmith show. He's a huge Van Halen fan. He's very much looking forward to coming on. That'll be the second week in August. Uh, after that, I don't want to, you know, give away too much because they're not 100% confirmed, but that third week, talking about books, talking about Van Halen books, we might have a very special author coming on the show that third week of August. And uh, for all you uh, um, Canadian uh, fans listening, a very prominent radio personality who also does a very uh, successful uh, podcast, which did a really great interview with Michael Anthony not that long ago. Um, he's looking at coming on the show that fourth week. So All-Star August is shaping up nicely. However, August has five weeks. Um, so we're looking at maybe bringing somebody back for that last week in August. So I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter, and I'm going to list all the different special guests, including George, who have been on the show thus far. And we're going to let the folks decide, who would you like to hear come back for the last show in August? And we'll see, and whoever... Uh, wins that Twitter poll, we'll reach out to them and hopefully we can get them back on the show. And if they just totally hated their time and uh, totally blow us off, we'll go to the second highest vote getter and so on and so forth until we get back to George, because I'm sure he would agree to come back on. He might be the only one. I'm not <laughs> sure. But uh, that fifth week in August, we're going to try and get back um, one of our more popular uh, special guests. And we've had a ton of great guests, Mark. We've been really, really lucky oh, yeah. so far. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see how that Twitter poll uh, shakes out. Absolutely. And part of me thinks it's going to be uh, sort of a three-way tie between uh, George 
and Greg, who both need uh, <laughs> do-over shows, as it yes. were, you know, for better songs. But then the third one's going to come in because, you know, the cult grows and Mariano is everywhere. So I have a feeling people just to, just to troll us a little bit are probably going to be like, yeah, just throw Mariano back in there. Why not? Perhaps. Um, you know, I, I think, my, good friend, I think yeah. our friend Kelsey might get some votes because uh, uh, we got a lot of comments when Kelsey was on the show. A lot of people loved her insights because she wasn't afraid to call us idiots and, uh, you know, take us to task whenever we said something stupid, which I, I appreciate it. So who knows? Maybe she'll win the poll. Uh, with all that being said, uh, Corey, tell the good people where they can find the show. They can find our show uh, at Podcast Will Rock on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us uh, uh, podcastwillrock at gmail.com and podcastwillrock.com where you can catch uh, back uh, episodes. You can get some merch. Uh, I made almost nine bucks uh, in merch sales uh, last month. So thank you very much for all the people who are buying stickers and mugs and the odd T-shirt. I tell you, the hoodies are really comfortable. If you want to go out there and get yourself a good-looking hoodie, podcastwillrock.com has got all your merch needs right there. But we should always uh, give a special shout-out to our brethren here at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network and such shows as Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Skinner Reconsidered, the Deep Purple Podcast, T-Bones Prime Cuts on the other side. I, I meant to tweet them this weekend. I finally got my copy of the Georgia Satellites uh, live album, and I wanted to take a picture and, and tag him in it because I know he's a big fan of the uh, Georgia Satellites with me there. So thinking about you, T-Bone. Uh, in the Lap of the Pods, a fantastic queen podcast and probably my favorite podcasting name of all time. Uh, the Magician's Podcast with uh, Scott uh, talking all things Uriah Heap. Uh, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. Of course, Metal Gods Podcast featuring our good friend George here. Uh, and you can catch uh, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited featuring myself and John Mariano. And Backtracks Theme Music where we're talking all things uh, movies, music from movies. Uh, check that one out. And uh, the Tom Petty Project, which is the latest uh, show to join the uh, roster here at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. By the way, Corey, I already called dibs on a certain song I heard and it. a certain movie for the Backtracks uh, Backtracks theme music. So I'll look forward to being on that one as well. You want to enlighten us? Because uh, John just mentioned that you you had, you had picked one out, but I don't think he told me which one it was. <laughs> he didn't? Okay. No. Well, my Twitter username and my username pretty much everywhere is risky georgeness so when you get around to talking about the movie risky business then i would love to be there for that and which song are we going old time rock and roll or something a little deeper on the soundtrack oh i mean we could do that one or we could just we could do the tangerine dream stuff as well there i'd be go. okay with either of those awesome very much looking forward to that that's gonna be great there you go. Uh, you can find Corey at CD Morissette on Twitter if you want to and Instagram. Find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram as well. And that'll do it. That's the show, you guys. Not uh, the track we were all hoping for, but a track nonetheless, still celebrating the band of Van Halen, still celebrating their catalog because that's what we do here on And the Podcast Will Rock. And we will rock you later. Later.